0: Well, here we are again for another week Uh, She is Leanna Kay, a.k.a. Red I'm Ed, a.k.a. Ed Um, And uh, we're going to talk about stuff for the next hour Um, And uh, some of the stuff will be really topical And some of it will likely be way out there um, we never know when we get started, because that would require planning, and planning takes away that frisson of excitement and inspiration that comes frison. when you have no idea what you're going to talk about.
1: Frison. Frison. Frison.
0: You know that's a French word?
1: Yes. Frison. Yes. All right. Uh,
0: um, so, uh, is not feeling well, and I am tired. Yeah. So, this ought to be a humdinger.
1: Um, we, re-
0: we record these things on Fridays when we had the crap beaten out of us by the week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all right, let's mount up our Whee! energy. Yeah. Please. Every bouquet. Let's go. Let's go. I should have yeah. had a, uh, an energy drink, but I didn't. Oh. I, will, I will regret that uh, momentarily.
1: The thing is, you'll regret the energy drink. So,
0: you know what? Most energy drinks. Taste like liquid Vaseline.
1: Yeah, they're pretty nasty. Yeah, no matter n- what they use to cover up the actual energy drink part.
0: I'm not going to say the brand, but there yeah. is a brand that I have found that has flavored uh, energy drinks and I like them. Oh, OK. But most of them, it's uh, I swear, it's like a combination of Vaseline and motor oil. And yeah, they're, uh,
1: they're nasty. Yeah, especially he- when they're not cold.
0: Really, I like my nut cold.
1: Really? Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm a
0: British energy drinker. I guess so. Yes. Um, so uh, last week we were talking about the uh, the starting of the breakup of the uh, trucker uh, convoy. This yeah, week they're gone. Um, several days gone
1: They're and... they're doing something in the U.S. now, but it's not it's not going as well. <laughs> yeah, they want to do the
0: trucker protest in D.C.
1: Yeah, good luck. They've already got like 400 National Guard troops waiting for them. And
0: this is the states. They'll just open fire.
1: Uh, They'll do something. Yeah.
0: Like it isn't going to be like it was here where the police were trying to avoid igniting a tinderbox. Yeah. And, you know, the weird thing is like, every you know, the yelling and screaming over the emergencies act. And the people still on twitter saying the emergencies act was not necessary they had all the power they needed to remove them it's like no they did not because at the very very least they didn't have ottawa police didn't have the manpower or the person power or the, the staff to be able to mount a successful campaign to roust these people out of ottawa they needed reinforcements from other places and uh, those, those could only really come when uh, Trudeau took control with the Emergencies Act and gave, he had powers to bring in the, the police from wherever. If there had been less police, it would have been a, it would have been awful.
1: Well, they also, you know, before the Emergency Powers Act went in, even um, uh, Brenda Lucky, the, the commissioner of the RCMP, said that there's nothing in laws that means they can prevent people from coming to protests, can't turn them away, you know, the Emergency Powers Act gave them the ability to say, no, <laughs> just coming into Ottawa for this is, is not lawful temporarily, right? So, yeah, it's uh, th- this whole thing has been, on the one hand, I'm glad people are wary of, you know, any, the, the concept of government grabbing more power. I think no. I think that's oh, a geez. that's a fair. No, it's a fair thing to be uncomfortable with the concept of. Right. OK, it doesn't, that doesn't mean. Concept yeah. of.
0: How about the reality? The reality well, of it was that it was, as said, temporary. And here's the math that I'm doing. OK, three weeks under uh, provincial and municipal jurisdiction. Nothing happened. These bozos set up uh, bouncy castles and hot tubs. And they were desiccating <laughs> and urinating all over the place. It's amazing
1: and- how many people thought, that, especially Americans I talked to, thought like the symbolism of the bouncy castle showed that, you know, these people meant no harm and, and they were peaceful. And it's like improperly you know set up bouncy castles, properly set up bouncy castles are dangerous, but improperly set up bouncy ca- castles are super, super dangerous and who uses a bouncy castle in winter in Ottawa? It's freezing out there.
0: Well, I think they were intending to sugarcoat what they were doing there, but you know, there's people who are saying that, oh, the citizens of Ottawa were made uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, the city became unlivable. Yeah, All people who have an arm's length from Ottawa who were saying that the situation in Ottawa wasn't that bad. It's like they weren't there. Yeah. And they're the ones saying that it wasn't it's like shut up already. Okay, right. Let's let's you face don't it. Even know.
1: Let's face it. These are the same type of people who leave their neighbor a nasty note when they don't shovel their front walk quickly enough, right? It's it's oh big deal. It's just an inconvenience until it happens to them and then they're up in arms and going full Karen, you know.
0: When when you have three weeks where you can't sleep a full night's yeah, sleep, because yeah, of, that
1: would because that would drive me insane.
0: Horns, that's actually um, dangerous.
1: Well, what to people's understand? health? I mean, peaceful you know, protest. In, my ass. In the Toronto area, there are noise bylaws. There were so,
0: noise, by, noise, but noise. Yes, there were noise bylaws. Yeah. There were noise bylaws there too, but they yeah. did, didn't give a rat's ass.
1: Yeah, well, that that's the point where you know it's really interesting the way the concept of quote unquote peaceful protest has stretched and. There are various reasons for this, but uh, you know, peaceful protest used to mean you didn't you didn't menace anyone, either. Right. You weren't necessarily terribly nice, but um, you know, you you didn't make anyone feel unsafe. Yeah, well, I, I'm being very careful with this because people feel unsafe if you look at them the wrong way now. But there wasn't, there wasn't a credible fear for anyone's safety. Whereas, you know, very, very quickly, these protests got taken over by, you know, less than benign elements, and there, there's a no nice denying way to say hooligans. Well, Okay, the the problem is, is it seems that. Other than it seems like Occupy Toronto, which was pretty darn well organized, every one of these grassroots protest movements gets overtaken by, as Ed called them, hooligans.
0: Yeah, the crazies, the bozos. Yeah. They come in and they're like, hey, that looks like fun. Let's go there for craps and giggles. And they show up and they use the, uh, the, the camouflage of people who may be there under principled circumstances. Right. Um, to uh, they use that 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 cover to cause all kinds of trouble. And it always comes back on the people who organized it and who were there, you know, possibly well, for principled reasons.
1: Well, and I this mean, is what happened
0: to the Black Lives Matter? Well, in I the was, United yeah.
1: States. Look at look at the whole. I don't know if you watched any of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, Ed. I, I watched but, some of it. But the fact that you know, not a single black person was involved in that whole, I'll say altercation, right? It was a bunch of white dudes running around the streets with guns after dark. I mean, some of the videos from that from that uh, night had literal flaming dumpsters being rolled down the street. That was the point where I was like, okay. You know, and, and yes, the, the police shooting of, of Jacob Blake was troubling at you know at, at the very least, but that is so far removed from what went down on the streets of that, you know, Wisconsin town that night. And I, I don't know how anybody can see any of that footage and go, oh sure, that was peaceful. It it wasn't. It looked like a war zone. And I'm not saying the Ottawa protest came anywhere near that, but I think people have the right to not want civil disobedience in our country to come anywhere near that. The problem is that people don't see, some people don't seem to take seriously the menace and the threat of a whole bunch of people descending on a, you know, residential streets unless it's like one person said there were no, you know, active shootings or all or well, of that stuff. That, so that, it was that, peaceful that, and I that's like- our,
0: That's our, 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 our measuring stick. Well, is it? That, I said that, that's, yeah, it. that's your standard? there was no shooting, everything was fine.
1: Yeah, and I mean, air horns can cause serious damage to hearing the crazy thing is, especially in children and people had their children there. I I, I would have taken
0: every child away from them.
1: We took them here to witness history. Like you
0: think (sighs) a kid gives a damn about history. They want to be home in their bed. They don't want to be crapping in a chemical toilet
1: again, though. That's them borrowing the language of Black Lives Matter. Apparently I was I was talking to American friends of mine. Things went sideways when because you know the messaging in the us on mask mandates and the covid stuff and all that stuff the lockdowns it was very different than here they had that two weeks to stop the spread jingle like it was they never told us it was only gonna be two weeks up here the minute it went in they said this is gonna be a while right but yeah they did the two weeks to stop the spread and then it wasn't two weeks it was months and then years and then apparently people saw the black lives matter protests who were you know defying what down there is stay at home orders which we never we never had here you were allowed to go outside and like walk around and stuff right just don't gather in in large groups but the only powers the specific powers that various US governments had was a stay at home order. I mean, they they could tell people not to leave their house. So they saw all these people taking to the streets um, for, for Black Lives Matter protests. And instead of recognizing that these people were making a decision of which risk to my life do I want to take, they thought it meant that well, now they're saying there's no risk. and people just got bitter and one could say radicalized, though that's a bit that's a bit heavy with some of this stuff. Um, but yeah, apparently that's where a lot of the sentiment came from is that people weren't contextualizing what was going on with that summer of protests and and why they decided to risk, you know, mass gatherings during COVID. Uh, and, and apparently it didn't matter to them that there weren't mass outbreaks, right? You know, Al Sharpton would have had COVID 14 times over if they were spreading. But yeah, apparently that's the origin of this stuff. And, you know, well, the I, stuff the, I,
0: I couldn't stand the truck protesters constantly pointing <laughs> to Black Lives Matter and indigenous protests. So you kinda heard kinda that like, too. Kinda, yeah, it was kind of well, they did it so we can yeah. do it too. Yeah, you know, it's it's it was like jealous children in a in a kindergarten class. But okay, like they're so fixated on the idea that these uh, individuals, that these uh, identifiable groups may have the idea that they have uh, more rights than white people. They're so fixated on this concept that they're being hard done by because they're white. But that isn't that they the- just sees on the Black Lives Matter and indigenous protests, which you know damn well, these same people of this political persuasion were the people that when there's an indigenous protest, they're like, send in the police, send in, shoot Mm -hmm. them down, Mm -hmm. run them over. Like it's, and and the same idea with Black Lives Matter. They are, uh, they're very dismissive and scornful, but they're like, well, if they can do it, then we can do it. We're white, what, we can't do it because we're white? It's just such nonsense. Plus they also, confuse American Black Lives Matter protests with Canadian Black Lives Matter protests. Yes. And we didn't have the, the the rioting here with our Black no. Lives Matter protests. Yeah. So, but they, they, they make it as if we're part of the U.S. and Canada have somehow already politically merged and we're the same country. That's why you have some of them talking about their First Amendment rights and the Electoral College.
1: Well, it's, it's the textbook definition of entitlement, isn't it? Yeah. Right, um, it, 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 uh, you've, you've clearly heard the same lines of theory uh, that I have about where this stuff came from. Uh, and that's a real difficult thing to solve. And I've been reading some well-meaning op-eds that say we have to understand where these people are coming from and- Alberta. Well, yes, and there's another problem. Right. I mean, I know we're being really wonky discussing this, but it is important to recognize this is this is a messaging thing. These people are the end results of unscrupulous uses of propaganda to demonize someone's enemies. I mean, stuff is tough out in Alberta right now. A lot of people went out there with the promise of a good blue collar life And, you know, spent a lot of years living in their cars because there wasn't enough housing and they finally got into a house that is possibly underwater now, Uh, not literally underwater, though, in some cases, uh, but, you know, underwater mortgages that they can't sell it because now it's not. Maybe that's fixed now with the, the real estate boom, but, you know, they relocated, they had some really tough years, and now those jobs are disappearing now. It's the automation of the oil and gas industries that's the biggest issue. It's not any government regulation and it's the actions of the the provincial government but the provincial government just blames the liberals for everything Federally, which finds yeah. well it yeah it finds it's fertile rich ground territory.
0: It's the, well, yeah it's 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 fertile ground because they've hated Trudeau since Pierre Trudeau yeah, from, yeah, the from the energy national energy
1: policy. Right. Right. They feel
0: that uh, they should be um, living high off the hog off of their, uh, the oil that they've got there. And they don't like the idea that they're part of a, a, a confederacy, uh, a confederation, Maybe. I should yeah, say. Confederation. They're that's part of, different. they're part of a, a country where we, we share the good and we share the bad. Um, that's the nature of a nation. They don't like that. They want right. to keep everything for themselves. And when they can't keep it for themselves, like there's just, what is it about Alberta, Alberta that breeds crybabies? this is what we'll talk about when we come back okay all right we're gonna come back and talk about why alberta breeds crybabies um...
1: <laughs> or if it does
0: oh no it does um we'll do that not that it's exclusive it's just the highest it's just the biggest daycare center in the country um we'll be back after these words <laughs> I'm telling you, Liana, Alberta is the biggest daycare center in Canada. They are such babies. They're always crying about their heart, how they're heart done by these protesters, which uh, who were very popular in Alberta, biggest crybabies, these people, we don't have any freedoms, we don't have any freedoms. You show up with a truck. In the, the, the capital city of the nation, you blockade streets for three weeks. You have parties on lawns. You, you urinate and defecate places. You menace the citizens there. You chase down people who are wearing masks to tell them to take their masks off. You blow your horns, your, your air horns uh, in the middle of the night in residential areas, preventing people from being able to sleep. And then you still say that you have no rights. Nothing happened to them for three weeks. And they're still, oh, my rights you you they have that is such freedom where in the world could that actually happen but in Canada that is such freedom and they were still crybabies because somebody told them they have to wear a mask right and then they started talking about tyranny like these people don't know anything about tyranny it's such an insult to people who have lived under tyranny and fought against tyranny to hear these people talking about wearing a mask and getting an uh uh, uh a vaccine as tyranny. There's people in other parts of the world that would love to get vaccinated. There just aren't enough vaccines for them. And here these people are, oh, we don't want it. It's like they're babies. They are children. They stomp their feet. All of Ottawa. the Ottawa thing was them having a tantrum, stomping their feet. And as far as I'm concerned, when you roll into town with a several ton piece of metal, that is force. You are using force. You're using implied force those things are weaponized all right if you went in on a bicycle it wouldn't be a problem but they went in with trucks truck it's like going in wearing the iron uh, the Hulkbuster Iron Man uh, armor it's it's provocative and it is threatening and it is intimidating and they still claim that they were peaceful and yet the people in Ottawa are like no 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 this wasn't peaceful just because there was no firefight you know, uh, weapons, weapons, drawn firefights. And, and, between good, them, the protesters. and good for
1: good for law enforcement that it didn't come to that. Yeah. But you know, let's give law was, enforcement some credit.
0: Well, and Steve Bell, the uh, acting the interim chief of yeah. Ottawa police did a hell of a job stepping up. Yeah. Um, but just because there wasn't a uh, gunfire exchanged does not mean that it was peaceful. It was raucous. It was disruptive and it was intimidating and threatening. That's, that's not a peaceful protest.
1: That's an Americanization of uh, th- these abstractions, right? Th- these conceptuals, um, the whole tyranny thing is so Americana, right? We, we were the tyranny side in the War of 1812, guys. Like, you know, the, the, the people carrying Confederate flags and flying the Confederate flags near London, like, guys, They were on the other side of the, you wanna fly a a heritage symbol in Canada. If you think that's what it is, I don't, but fly the red ensign. That was the Canadian flag until 1965. We have our own symbols. This Americanization of Canadian discourse has me seriously concerned, not least because Americans don't understand their own system never never mind us
0: well <laughs> you know you, you know as you know we'll come back to this first we promise to talk about alberta and babies and well, this uh, is, no
1: this is part of it though because alberta many places of alberta feel more connected to the u.s than the rest of canada
0: well they do i mean they've got a border with what montana whatever the hell um no and- and
1: every every canadian province except for you know the, the territories don't but be- the canadian provinces most of them have a border with america somewhere
0: well for some reason these yahoos out there who are all hat no cattle um feel like they're they're more in tune with uh, with americans
1: well cuz that cowboy thing yeah
0: well how many of them are actual cowboys for crying out loud they oh, they're, wear the they're dumb more likely hat. But there's but they, they got they don't have any farm. They don't, they don't even own a horse.
1: They're more likely to be descendants of Ukrainian immigrants in a lot of places than than cowboys. Yeah. And uh,
0: they uh, they're just they have been crying for years about being overlooked. The, the, the province that took the most amount of Serb during COVID, Alberta. Yeah. The amount of money that the federal government has invested into Alberta is in the billions and The Albertans still believe that the federal government is out to get them and they're being screwed. They're being told this by oil companies who, as you mentioned earlier, they're the ones stealing everyone's jobs by automating jobs. But rather than having people turn on them and say, why the hell are you making us lose our jobs? The uh, oil companies are pointing and saying, look over there, it's Trudeau. It's like dogs with squirrel. And they, they, they scoot over there dutifully to yell at Trudeau and if you try to tell them, look, Trudeau doesn't have anything to do with this. It's the it's the automation. They just tell you that it's not true. And it's Trudeau's policies because coming back to what you were saying, they have no idea how no, our system none. works.
1: Yeah, none. They, they have no idea how any system works. They just it's all emotion. And it's and TV very, shows, TV shows that are that are Americanized. Right. Yeah, they, and they,
0: they, they like that. That uh, the husband of Tamara, Lich Leach, Lich whoever. Um, was talking in court about his First Amendment rights. Yeah, and the judge said what First Amendment rights? You, yeah, we don't have a First Amendment here now.
1: You know, no, we, we have charter un- rights.
0: That's American nonsense talking.
1: Yeah. But there you go. Right. This is this is directly connected to the Americanization of not just um, our political discourse, but our public discourse and understanding of how things work and for everybody, you know, screaming about tyranny for nine days, we had in this country uh, a a system of, well, a system that looks more like US RICO laws than the racketeering laws than the laws we have in Canada. RICO laws. Yeah, it's not a cough drop, what I just said. RICO is a, a- Racketeering. It's a series of anti-racketeering laws that are very easily, easily abused, set up under the Nixon years. The Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act.
0: Right. Which in the states allows them to seize assets,
1: bank accounts. Let you do a ton of stuff. Yeah. which
0: they can do at at any time in their investigation
1: there. Yeah, there are. We can't do that
0: here regularly, though. Banks can have always in Canada have always had the ability to shut the freeze accounts that they think right. are, have suspicious activity. That's right. not new.
1: But a, a big trigger for uh, uh, you know, something being considered racketeering is money laundering. And, you know, in the US, they would have had no problems arguing money laundering with these anonymous crowdfund donations. Right. They don't know where this is coming from. They could they could go in there and stop that. And you know, bringing in people for uh, illegal reasons that are what they call aliens in the U.S. We call them irregular migrants. But you know, I, I talked to a couple Americans about this, saying you know, well, basically the Emergency Powers Act just gave the Canadian government the same rights the the U.S. government has federally for you know under RICO statutes. And they're like, what's RICO? They had no idea.
0: They think that it's, a, it's that novelty song from like the 80s, Rico Suave. Yeah, it, That's the closest they come to understanding Rico. You know, uh, Americans are the, the failure of public education there is staggering. The number of the, the, the ignorance in the United States is unbelievable. And the thing about the ignorance in the United States is people are proud of their ignorance. They walk around b- proudly displaying and dis- dis- disseminating their ignorance because the idea that you read books and look to actual authoritative places makes you a pawn, makes you a sheep, make you know, uh, an elitist. Okay. Like, if you're if you read books um, that you don't have to read, you're an elitist, but it, you, you know, it's uh, you don't even ignorance have is to on display and they hold it like a lover.
1: You don't even have to read to, to understand the whole Rico concept, just watch Breaking Bad. That's a huge part of what that show was about and what you know influenced the action on that show was the fact that Skyler, Walter White's wife, couldn't just go to the cops because he'd used the business and their house to move money that he made selling meth. And so if she had gone to the police, her home would have been seized. Her car wash business would have been seized. Everything would have been taken from her. That was a big motivator in breaking bad. People watched that show and I guess didn't realize it was real. Well, because you know the- they started screaming about seasoned bank accounts and all that stuff. It's like, guys, American authorities can do this with, you know, a rubber stamp warrant. I, I don't know why they think Canada there's this perception through the American media that Canada has all these extra extra layers of restrictions. And in practice, we really don't. But that's what people believe—that we have, you know, heaven forbid, we have prohibitions against certain forms of hate speech. We're not free. That's the belief. Yeah, if you look at indexes from various uh, oh, the freedom indexes, international
0: yeah. uh, organizations, freedom indexes, we are perpetually higher than the United States on because the the actual practical real freedoms we have. Are greater than they have in the united states and this uh this nonsense about you know trudeau being a tyrant and they were talking you know a tyrant he's he he, the prime minister with a minority government who could only get the the thing passed by negotiating with another party that's not how tyrants work um and they're talking about tyranny and tyrants because they're good buzzwords for them and they were talking about how Trudeau got this power. This is what he wanted. He's never going to let go of this power. And then he lets go of the power before the 30-day period is over. And what do they say? Not, well, I guess we were wrong. No, it's, well, he did that because the Senate was going to uh, overrule and cancel the Emergencies Act and remove him from office. It's like, no, that is not how our system works. They, all, they, they, they believe that their outcry against the Emergencies Act is what got the Emergencies Act to be lifted. And they're doing anything they can to claim victory because they showed up in Ottawa, made all that trouble, didn't get what they wanted. And they had had to leave with their tails between their legs. So they're trying to to find, it's just the same way the United States, after Vietnam made lots of movies about uh, how great they were militarily and, and, and how good they were in Vietnam. And right. like Rambo, it was them trying to recapture that that martial superiority that they felt that they had, and because uh, they couldn't accept defeat. And these guys can't. They lost. They were there. They lost. They got tickets that they're going to have to deal with. They were throwing, you know, ripping tickets up. Good. You know what? It still exists in the system. Go try to get your license renewed without paying your ticket. Um, they they were put in jail temporarily. Had bank accounts frozen. They were driven out of the city. Don't tell me they won, they lost. And three weeks under the province and the municipality of Ottawa, nothing. Uh, three days under the Emergencies Act, they got cleared out. As far as I'm concerned, that says the Emergencies Act was necessary because nothing else was working.
1: It's funny that you heard that uh, about the the Senate was going to yank the Emergency Powers Act. I was told that the scuttlebutt on, you know, these right wing message boards was that he had to pull it because there was going to be a run on the banks.
0: A run on the banks,
1: a run on the banks. That's oh. what because of the bank accounts being temporarily frozen.
0: You know, these the thing about these people is there was a bunch of them in a critical space, you know, in a small space. There's a critical mass in a small space. They got the idea that there's more of them across the country that agree with them than there are like they got a yeah. false sense. Of, it's like if you go to a, a comic book convention where tons of people are comic book fans, you might get the false idea that there are more comic book fans in the world because you're hanging around with hundreds maybe a, a thousand yes. or so comic book fans you yeah. think oh yeah. well extrapolate this further no they represent a small number but they believed that that their They're everything. their propaganda yeah. was actually going was actually landing with Canadians because they were they were they were they were smelling their own farts you know
1: yeah there's so much there's so much weird about this whole thing i admit that's what's got me more disturbed than anything right now is well we can talk about this after the break but how easy it is to get people to believe things that is just complete and utter rubbish all right
0: and if it sounds like i'm angry you're damn right i'm angry I can't stand ignorance. I have a, I, I actually went to the doctor. I have a genetic intolerance of ignorance and all That's I see- Genetic like, intolerance. Yes, genetic intolerance of ig- idiots. And okay. uh, I just saw um, f- over the, the last three weeks, nothing but a, mas- a masterful display of absolute but stupid ignorance and people rolling around in it like a pig in crap. And I hate ignorance. And we gonna go to a break. Okay. We'll be back after this. Okay. All right, Liana. Why do people believe absolute nonsense? Well, how is it that people are, are able to believe or are willing to believe absolute nonsense and create a worldview for themselves where they reject anything that is objective truth because they don't want to believe it.
1: Okay, there's a few theories of this, right? Um, Caveat, every single one of us believes something that is pretty stupid. You know, we we all have these things that we believe that just probably aren't true everybody is subject you speak for
0: yourself i think that i No, uh, there's nothing that i I, Every, I am completely grounded in reality
1: everybody everybody commits logical fallacies the one i'm kind of obsessed with lately is the fundamental attribution error oh that again what yeah uh <laughs> what the hell does you, that mean you know what the fundamental the the um The tendency to when somebody does an action, say somebody is late for work a few times in a week, All right. fundamental attribution error is the human tendency to say, oh, well, they're lazy or they're just not taking their job seriously instead of, well, maybe their car broke down or maybe there's an issue with transportation or maybe there are issues at home. Oh, I call
0: that the Professor X syndrome. People, people start thinking they can read the person's mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. But they know their
0: motivations, that they know these things. Usually every time I've made an assumption in my life, I've been wrong.
1: But it's a specific assumption that chalks up something somebody does to sort of a fundamental aspect of character as opposed to extenuating circumstances. And there's a huge amount of that in politics right now. Right. I mean, I think the biggest, the the biggest, um, well, you see it, you see a different version of it with all the political parties, but you know, he just doesn't care about you. Well, you can't prove that there are a lot of complicated levers on politics. You know, Jagmeet Singh saying the Trudeau government is a complete failure. I I don't know who
0: that cracks me them. up.
1: I just don't know who told the NDP that this was a good strategy. That because-
0: cracks me up here. This is coming from a guy, leader of a party that spent twenty four million dollars in the last election to win one extra seat. Well, you, but that's You're a- telling me that is that your margin for success?
1: But that's a good point. Ed. like, how do you define success by a government? I think anybody would argue from from I mean, where the NDP sits, that the CERB program was phenomenally successful, it may not have gone far enough, but it's just ridiculous. It's not even hyperbole. It's an error to say that the Trudeau government has been a failure, been a complete failure. But Singh keeps pushing this idea that there's just something intrinsically wrong with the federal liberals, as opposed to going, you know what? This has been a tough couple of years. And we think as, as you know, the new democratic party, we could have steered Canada through it better. We think we deserve a chance to try, you know, we would have made better decisions, but yeah, things were really tough. There were a lot of circumstances beyond the government's control. He's like, no, they're just a failure. They're just, they're just bad. They're just inherently the bad. The guy is
0: like one of the worst leaders the NDP's ever had. And that is saying something because they've had some real horrible leaders. He is know, arrogant. Thought... He is arrogant and he is a showboat and he, uh, he doesn't do his homework.
1: Okay, that last one is I think the issue because arrogant showboats tend to do quite well in politics. But you know, and that's the thing is- That's why being... I could never do well
0: in politics.
1: I sense the irony dripping from that statement. Pardon me? There you go. Um, But I mean, there's a lot of that going around, but there's also the issue of magical thinking. And a friend of mine who's originally from Ecuador, he's now a US citizen, talks about this a lot. The idea that there are certain belief systems that people come up in that just encourage them to believe completely ridiculous, not true things. And, you know, a lot of these structures are religious, but not all of them are. But my friend's argument is once you get people believing anything that's magical thinking, you can convince them of anything against their best interests, as long as you know what buttons to push, because their ability to think critically has been so undermined by, you know, the magical thinking soup they were developed in. And I can't disprove the theory. I've been testing that theory quite a bit. The problem is that all cultures have an element of that. Everybody has their
0: superstitions. People have our own brains constantly edit our memories. Because yeah. we, we have to edit out the, the, the times we felt really bad and so on, because it's, otherwise it, we, we can't function. So our a own lot of brains people... edit, edit circumstances so that you remember the, the, the better. Like, I remember a lot of good things about much music. And then I sit down and think about it and realize it was no. Um, I, guess, I, I guess I choose. To, but my brain chooses to remember the good things because I don't want to have to carry all the bad things.
1: And it's interesting that, that you come at it from that way because, you know, I remember the good stuff and the bad stuff. Um, well, you know
0: what, the, you know what the, the, the seer said, the prophet said, you take the good, you
1: take the bad. What?
0: That was the theme from Facts of Life.
1: That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I think that that's interesting. So, you know, some people edit out the good things that happen to them. Cause they think that that's the, you know, the baseline is bad and the good things are only a reprieve from the bad things happening again. Some people do think that way. And, you know, I, I, I think there is a lot of that driving people's actions now too. There is a, a unprecedented amount of anxiety and depression floating around, culture right now. I don't know if we're just talking about it more or our, our communities and social structures are just not dealing with it the, the way, you know, previously, but people seem more anxious today than they did during periods of time that, you know, objectively were worse, you know, not counting the great depression. There were terrible, you know, loss of hope There, but other times that's because it was
0: called the depression,
1: right? Exactly. But there, there, we live in a pretty decent time in history, if you live, especially in Canada, right? Is it perfect? No. But if you look at the, the the stuff we have now compared to what people had back in the day, we have a lot more as a whole. Things like public education and healthcare. But it's what, it's people's expectations measured against their reality that have people feeling so hard done by, I think. You know that nonsense people told you when you were a kid, you can grow up to be anything you want. Liars. Yeah, it's just not true. It's just not true. Why do you lie
0: to children? Why do people do that to children? Lie to them, tell them the truth. Tell them Tell them the truth. And then if it works out better, then they're happy. But don't lie to kids and tell them they can grow up to be anything. You can't grow up to be anything. What if you want to be an NBA player and you wind up being only 5'5"? Five, five? Like, you can't be anything, okay? Don't talk nonsense to kids. Kids know. Kids have a BS yes. filter. Well, kids then also, they realize, my parents are liars. And then, kids the, also, then they don't trust them.
1: You know, know that the real message from parents is you can grow up to be anything you want. As long as you get straight A's from the time you're nine and get into an Ivy League school and it's the one we tell you to go to, yeah, you know, that anxiety comes through in the messaging and today it
0: does. I mean, yeah, growing up there was none of that.
1: But that's the difference, I think, Ed. I think that back then you could get an all right job with a B average at a state college, right? Now. You know people have master's degrees and are drowning in debt in part because of the cost of the master's degree and in
0: part because they got a master's in philosophy
1: well right or or something even something interdisciplinary that isn't really recognized yeah it's anywhere. uh
0: yeah it's uh anyway that's part of the problem we've got in canada is is poor public educate like people are undereducated. um and people who we look down on people who are not book smart, and we create this this separation between book smart and not book smart.
1: Well, let's let's and- talk about that after the break. All right, let's do that.
0: that. Yeah. All let's- right. This so as I was saying. There's a problem we have. In, like you know, what the thing is, um, all these people who have master's degrees and and got uh, fancy book learning, um, a lot of them wind up with a lot of debt and unable yeah. to find jobs that their education supposed was supposed to lead to. Right. Um, you know who you know who always works mechanics, plumbers, electricians, the, the people you know who the the trades. Well, and, until they get hurt. Well. Not everybody gets hurt, no, uh, but
1: but, you know, we know some people who worked with their hands, honest living, got hurt. You know, now they're they're struggling a lot. It yes, we, we need. We need more pride in the skilled trades, absolutely.
0: We need but- pr- we need we need to elevate people who have a different kind of intelligence. All right. We need to stop thinking that somebody who works with their hands is innately less intelligent and on a lower social hierarchy uh, or echelon than people who never, you know, who, who get manicures and and, and never uh, break a cuticle. We, we need to recognize that there, the other type of uh, intelligence is very valuable. We can't we can't go on without it. And we need, to, I don't want people who are, you know, the working men and women. I don't want them feeling like they're constantly being looked down upon um, because that just, then they, everyone wants to belong somewhere and they want to belong to a group that they hold in some esteem and that right. holds them in some esteem. Right. And if they can't belong to the fancy uh, uh, club because they don't have fancy book learning and, and 25 cent words, um, then they're going to go, Anywhere else that will take them, and they're going to clump together, and it makes them, uh, it makes them anti-anti-establishment in their thinking because they're trod upon, they're spit upon, they're dismissed, and it makes them open. It's open season for people to come in and take advantage of them, like yeah. the leaders of the the Freedom Convoy did. They took advantage of a lot of people who are undereducated and yeah. ill-informed, and they didn't. A lot of these people in the trucks, they didn't know that the leaders had intended to meet with the governor general and Senate and dissolve government and put in their own government. They didn't know that. This is, these people, the leaders had their agenda, but they knew how to push buttons uh, on these people. And what I'm saying is we need to reach out to let these people know you're not dirt under our shoes. You are valued, you are validated. You are part of uh, the the same hierarchy as everybody else. You're a hardworking person. You put dedication into what you're doing. You contribute. As far as I'm concerned, you are equal to somebody who's, uh, you know, the president of a bank. As far as I'm concerned,
1: well, I mean, that's the big failing of the left in the last 25 years, isn't it? Right, the fact that it kind of, you know, soft landing into academia, and instead of be- being that sort of unionist party that the party of the working man, organized labor it became this systems of oppression angle and the you know the only sort of blue collar messaging as phony as it is now is in the conservative wing of politics and that you know that has me greatly concerned because if you actually look at what conservative politics does in this day and age You know it's it's oh you get $120 a year savings on your license plate sticker, but we're going to cut $500 worth of services your family uses, they end up further behind in that calculus.
0: Yeah, and listen I wish that uh, we could keep the fee for the vehicle licensing in Ontario and give back Doug Ford. all right. Well, you know, we've had a lot to talk about. There was a lot to say this week. We didn't get to our normal silly topics.
1: No, I think because we are both sort of like,
0: well, we're, I'm so tired now. Every
1: everybody, I think right now it's the dead of winter, right? It's almost it's almost spring. Just hang on one more month, but a well, month and a half. But yeah, I think and, everybody's just tired. And also
0: the comic book app that I buy my comic books from every week merged with Amazon. Oh, and you've been raging a, about this. It's turned yeah. into a giant disaster. It's hard for me to find my comics to read now. if, you know they take away uh, some of my smaller pleasures in life. So I got headaches from that too.
1: Yes, Ed's been very very upset that his Comicsology app has has gone borked. Just
0: sucks now. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I think the comics are more expensive now than they were on Comicsology.
1: Oh, Olog. I wouldn't be surprised if that were true.
0: All right um we're gonna go liana is at red liana k on twitter liana yeah. k is the name of her channel uh, her youtube channel videos four days a week on various topics insightful um erudite entertaining amusing um if you're a patron uh, supporting her on patreon you get five videos a week so worthwhile i'm uh you can find me at ed the sock on twitter ed underscore the underscore sock on uh, Instagram and TikTok, not that I'm ever there. And uh, you can find my work at newmusicnation.ca. All right. Now's uh, the time we all wait for uh, at the end of the show. You ready, Lana, to give our, uh, our, uh, our, our sign off? I am indeed. Okay. I'm going to do a drum roll. Okay. Ready? Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>